No matter how much we know or think we know about God and His Word, there is always more. Today on Always More, Rebecca Keener discusses how the Holy Spirit is relevant to our everyday lives. He is the one who is our comforter in times of need and gives us the power to live a victorious life. Now, here's Rebecca. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Always More TV. It's wonderful to be back with you today. We have been doing a five-week series on the weapons of our warfare, looking at how we are to stand in the Holy Spirit and fight in the Spirit. We don't fight in the flesh. We fight in the Spirit and God has given us some powerful weapons to use in our stand here on earth for Him. One of those weapons is the weapon of prayer. And I'm so excited to talk to you about this particular topic today and to just review some scriptures pertaining to prayer because I know it will encourage you. I know it will bless you and it will lift you up in your faith and we will be stronger as we look at his word today. Let's have a a moment of prayer and then we'll get right into our Bible study. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for every person watching today. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the victory through Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ and the name of Jesus, and that you have given us weapons of warfare that are capable and strong to the demolition of anything that the enemy would try to come at us with. So Father, today we take our place in you and we take our stand against Satan and we ask, Lord, that you would bless our time in the word and teach us and that we would grow more and more in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You sound strong today. I hear you by faith faith, I hear you. And so we have been looking at the scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. And I just want to read this to you as you break it down in the Strong's Concordance, word by word, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Isn't that beautiful to know? So if you break this down word by word, it would read like this. The tools offensive for war of our military service are not temporal or unregenerate, but they are weapons that are capable and strong through God to the demolition and the extinction the extinction of every stronghold. In other words, we don't have to keep fighting the same battle over and over and over and over, the same cycles of defeat over and over, but they are made extinct when we take our place in Christ Jesus. Every stronghold and refutation and high thing or imagination that would come against the knowledge in Christ Jesus. And so... We know that uh, God has given us weapons. We've talked about the name of Jesus. We've talked about the full armor of God. I have had so much fun going over these things in the Word with you, and I hope you've enjoyed it too. We've talked about the blood of Jesus, 
And we have talked about our authority as a believer. And then today, of course, we're talking about prayer. I want to look at 2 Corinthians seven fourteen. If you would turn there in your Bible and let's get our eyes on the scripture. There's nothing like getting our eyes on the word of God. So 2 Corinthians 7, or excuse me, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. That's in the Old Testament. And it says this, you know the scripture, if my people, and that my is capitalized because it means if God's people, and we are God's people, if we're in Christ Jesus, we've given our life to him, we are his people, we are the sheep of his pasture. So if my people who are called by my name, which we talked about the name of Jesus, shall humble themselves and pray and seek and crave. I love that word, the amplified uh, version uses, and require of necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So we see that the healing of our nation, the healing of our land, of our homes, of our our families, of our churches, is not up to anybody but us, because we're his people. And the healing of Hollywood, the healing of addictions, the healing of human trafficking, the healing of all the uh, situations that we see happening here on earth, the healing of our, our government, it is all up to us to pray as God's people. So I love this verse. It says, if we will humble ourselves, and you know the word says, if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he will lift us up. And we don't need to pray for humility. We humble ourselves. Amen. And then we, we pray and we seek and we crave God. We require necessity of his face every day we come into his presence and say oh god i need you i need you i crave you i require of necessity it is necessary that i have you see that is prayer and intimacy and dialogue with him and every time we pray it is a tool an offensive tool against the kingdom of darkness here on this earth. So I love that. I was reading an interesting survey that was done by the Barna Group and it asked adults about just behaviors and situations that they had been through, um, traps of the enemy, uh, situations that had held them bound. 28% said that they use profanity on a regular basis. These are Christians. 20% had gambled, 19% had viewed pornography, 12% had gossiped, 12% uh, had gotten drunk, 11% had lied, 9% had engaged in sexual in intercourse with someone to whom they were not married, 8% had retaliated against someone. And then the result of the survey also indicated that the younger generations are twice as likely to engage in immoral behavior as uh, baby boomers. 
So when you think of this scripture in context to what I just gave you, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. And isn't that what we need? We need the healing of America. We need the healing of our homes. And it comes through that avenue, that weapon of prayer that we have readily available. Do you know, it doesn't cost us anything to pray. Amen. We don't have to pay money to pray. We don't have to provide some service to pray. Even if you are the most wicked person on earth and you don't know God at all, you can pray. And there's no obstacle standing in our way. You don't have to get a ticket to pray. You don't have to stand in line to pray. You don't have to have a priest pray on your behalf because our high priest is Jesus Christ. And we can pray to the Lord in, at any time of, of the day, day or night, with all access to him through the blood of Jesus. Isn't that amazing that we can pray to God and it doesn't cost us a thing, but it costs Jesus everything. It cost him his life and his blood and he gave it freely for you and for me so that we would have full access to pray to God at any time. And, you know, there are people who say that, you know, it really doesn't uh, take all that praying. You know, we don't have to pray all the time. But um, we know that we we are called to pray. Um, we are people of light who are called to pray. And there was a quote by Plato that said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. And you know, so many people don't pray because they're afraid of the light. They don't want God to expose things in their life, in their heart that need to be dealt with so he can heal our land. But we know that it is an effective and a necessary tool to uh, give us a blessed life is staying in that communication with the Father and praying and interceding. So, you know, for those of you maybe who have are not, you, you wouldn't call yourselves a person of prayer or you really have not had a lifetime of prayer you, you may want to know the who, what, when, where, why of prayer. So I just want to give you a few little um, uh, points about prayer that will help you. First of all, we're to pray the word. And 1 John 5 and 15 says, If we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what, what we have asked of him. And so we just trust by faith. We can't see him, but we know he sees us. We oftentimes don't hear him except for that still small voice, but we know he hears us. And so when we pray, we know that he hears us. And I love what the prophet Jeremiah said. He said, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. That's God's promise to you and to me that when we pray, God will listen to us. And so we pray the word. Sometimes every day I'll, I'll pray, uh, usually early in the morning, I put on the full armor of God. I plead the blood of Jesus, which we talked about. I declare his promises and his promises are yes and amen over my life. 
And we just believe God. I pray no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises against me, God will condemn it and show it to be in the wrong, the Bible says. I pray Isaiah 53 and 5, by his stripes I was healed. And because I was healed, I am healed. So I pray the word of God. I pray uh, Psalm 31 and 15, my life and my times are in your hands. Today, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, where I'm going to be, who I'm going to meet, but I trust you. I put my day in your hands. My life and times are in your hands. So we pray the word. That's what we pray. And then the Bible tells us when to pray. And First uh, Chronicles 16, 11 says, seek his face always. And what does always mean? I hear you loud and strong. It means always at all times. And then Ephesians 6 and 18 says, and this is the last piece of our armor, of course, uh, in Ephesians 6, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. So God never gets tired of us. He never gets tired of us praying to him. Isn't that a beautiful thought? As a mama, sometimes as when my kids were little, you know, they'd pull on you, mama, 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 trying to get my attention. If I was in the kitchen cooking, they'd come up and they'd tug on your clothes, mama, mama. Well, you know what? That's the way we ought to be to the Father, and He never gets tired of us. And some people may say, well, you know, you, you just need to pray once, and that's it. That's all you need to pray. You know, it doesn't take all this. But you know what? The Bible says that we are to pray without ceasing. Pray at all times. Amen. I love James 5 and 13. It says, is any among you in trouble? Let them pray. Isn't that great? If you're in trouble, you need to pray. Is anyone happy? Then he sings songs of praise. So we pray when we're in trouble and we praise him uh, throughout the day. And then... Uh, it also says in Matthew 5, 5 and 44, Jesus said this. He told us who to pray for. He said, pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. And you know, if you're in a situation today where people are using you and they're being spiteful against you and evil toward you, we pray for them and we bless them in Jesus' name and we release them to God and then watch God work. Watch God move in that situation and take care of it as no one else can do. And uh, we pray because God is coming. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And God said he's preparing for, for himself a bride without spot, blemish, or wrinkle to be holy. And so one of the reasons why we pray is is to ask God to cleanse us and make us into that glorious bride that he is preparing for his, his coming. You know, we pray by faith. We pray, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in my name, in prayer believe that you have when you have received it, and it will be yours. And so we pray by faith. We, we can't see God oftentimes, we can't hear him, but we by faith pray and believe that the answer is on its way. Amen. 
It may not be here when we need it, but it's here or when we think we need it, but it's right on time. That's what, what our God is. He is always right on time. And then the Lord taught us how to pray, Matthew uh, 6, 9 through 13. You know the Lord's Prayer. And sometimes I feel, well, you know, that's so simple. Maybe I should elaborate or maybe I should pray harder or more or or more hours. But we, you can't improve upon what Jesus modeled for us and and what he taught us. He told us to pray. He said, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven or in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, Lord, from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. I hope you said that with me today. And you know what? We need to wake up every day, every day, and just uh, start our day praying the Lord's Prayer. We could even close our day saying the Lord's Prayer. We can't improve upon that. And, you know, it's good to have that, that uh, personal prayer life where we go in our prayer closet and we pray we pray in the Spirit, we pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray the Word of God, and how important that is to develop that intimate time with the Lord. But, you know, we also pray corporately. We pray together as the body of Christ. And this is so important. It's an important discipline for us to learn how to pray together corporately. Matthew 18, 19, and 20 We've talked about this scripture. If two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. Where there are two or three are gathered in my name, I am among them. And, you know, it's important for us to teach our children how to pray together as believers, to gather together as believers and to pray. I'm thankful I had that modeled by my parents growing up and the importance of corporate prayer. I can remember uh, some years ago, I was uh, talking to a young pastor, um, kind of a, a little bit of a whippersnapper, you might call him, and um, really on fire for God. But I, I made the comment, it would be great if we could all come together and pray. And he looked at me and he said, I pray at home before I get here. And I said, that's wonderful, that's great. Of course, we definitely need to do that. But that power in prayer of coming together with brothers and sisters in Christ and God being in our midst is so vital to uh, the health of our nation, the health of our churches, the health of our homes and our families. So we must, must, must teach the younger generation the importance of corporate prayer. Now, the church in Acts knew the importance of corporate prayer. Acts 2 and 42 said they, the uh, apostles devoted themselves to the teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers and the prayers. They devoted themselves to prayer. And I, I think about how important that is for us as Christians 
whether you're working in a profession or uh, whatever it is that you have been called to do on, on the job or wherever God has placed you to serve on your mission field, our first and foremost occupation is to be devoted to prayer, devoted to prayer. You know, you can just pray on the job under your breath. You can just pray throughout the day and it doesn't disturb anyone. You can just be praying and bathe your life, bathe your day, bathe your workplace in prayer. So, so important. So the apostles devoted themselves to prayer. I want you to just put your hand on your heart and say, Lord, I devote myself to prayer. Amen. Isn't that a good occupation and profession to have? Acts 1 and 14 says, These with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Isn't that beautiful? Um, that there was that devotion to prayer, that, that knowing, that knowledge that we must stay in contact and communication with God the Father through Jesus Christ. And um, then the word says, uh, make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and heal the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And so we must confess our sins one to another. And I'm so thankful for strong uh, men and women of God in my life who I can be accountable to. And I have one friend in particular who I can call and cry and say, I messed up, I messed up, I need prayer. And uh, confess the sin to them and just say, you know, of course we confess it first to the Lord. But it's nice to have that accountability in the body of Christ. And see, that's what we do as the body of Christ. We stand by and we stand with one another with no condemnation. Therefore, there is no condemnation. There's no guilt. There's no shame in Christ Jesus because we've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. And so we confess our sins one to another and pray for each other. Um, Acts and excuse me, Acts 6 and 4 says, we devote ourselves to prayer in the ministry of the word. So when we devote ourselves to prayer and getting in this word, getting it down in our spirit, God begins to move in a powerful way. Uh, Acts 16 and 19 is a great example where the apostles were going up to the temple to pray and, um, or excuse me, Acts 16 and 16, and um, they had interference uh, from Satan. A girl who was possessed with the spirit of divination came and she was behind them saying, these are the men of the most high God. These are the men of the most high God. Satan hates prayer and he's going to do what he can to try to hinder or distract or destroy opportunities to pray. So we must uh, always keep our focus on the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to stay focused on prayer and not to allow any hindrance to that. And it's important for us to come together corporately to pray in the name of Jesus. We've talked about that scripture, Matthew 16 and 19. It says, I will give you the keys 
of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then it mark in the book of Mark, it talks about we bind the strong man and spoil his goods. And in a previous program, I talked about kind of the controversy about that scripture that, you know, that's taken out of context that we're not to bind. But you know, that, that word there means to tie up. And uh, so we, we stand on the word of God when we pray and we believe God that he has already done this. He has already bound the strong man, but we use our authority through prayer uh, to uh, take a stand against Satan and to stop his attack on our life. So we stand in prayer and we take authority over Satan. Now, um, uh, I was going to read to you Romans 12 and 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Now, prayer is good. Prayer is a good thing that you can do and I can do in our life. And so when people are coming against you in an evil way, you can um, overcome that with prayer and praying that God will intervene in the situation. James says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I love that. I love that scripture because that means the red hot, fervent is red hot. That means that you, there are times when you are in prayer, you're being led into prayer by the Holy Spirit. And it's like the scripture that says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Sometimes you just have to grab the devil by the neck. And, you know, there was an angel that came and he said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. You come against him. You withstand him. You take authority over him. You cancel him. You rebuke him in Jesus name. You bind his work in your life and watch God back it up. Amen. Watch God back you up in prayer and watch God open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings when we begin to pray. That's when, as Second Chronicles says, he begins to heal our land and our land needs a healing. Let's just pray today. Father, in Jesus name, I thank you for Everyone who's joined in today and these reminder scriptures, they're just reminders, Lord, to pray. And if ever there was a time where we needed to pray, it would be now. We need to pray more and stronger and more fervent than we've ever prayed in our entire life. Lord, let your fire come on our prayers. Let the power of the Holy Ghost lead us in prayer. And Lord, we pray for our nation. We pray, Lord, for a, a divine visitation of the Holy Spirit to our nation. Lord, we ask you to move in a powerful way in the homes of everyone watching. We ask for healing to come. We ask for uh, Father, deliverance and salvation to come in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, whatever situation is coming against my friends today, we speak to that storm and we cancel it in the name of Jesus. Whatever attack, 
whatever wile of the devil that's come against him, we rebuke it now in Jesus' name. And you know, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, invite him in your heart today and make prayer a priority. It is a weapon against Satan that he, the Lord Jesus, wants you to use. Thank you for being with us today, and God bless you. We look forward to being with you again right here on Always More TV. God bless you. This program is brought to you by Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated and faithful friends like you. Your tax-deductible donation to Heritage Christian Fellowship Incorporated, founded 1974, will be used to support this program. To find out more about how you can be a part of sending the gospel through Always More, contact us at alwaysmoretv.org.